of people skills. Certainly Dale Carnegie would never have made that assertion. While fully appreciating the timeless principles that were put forward in Carnegie's book, we also need to see how the meaning of people skills is changing in the 21st century. Just think of it. In the 1930s, a huge percentage of Americans did not have telephones in their homes, and a sizable number didn't even have electricity. Today, of course, it's impossible to discuss a topic like people skills, especially in a business environment, without referring to the Internet, cell phones, and emails. The technologies have certainly speeded up the way things get done in the modern workplace, but they've also raised the expectations of how fast things need to get done. It's strange but true. Work in many ways has become easier and faster, but work-related tensions are probably higher than ever before. And when tensions are high, the potential for friction between individuals rises proportionately. So this is the reality you're living in. This is the environment in which you must learn to succeed. It doesn't really matter what area of the economy you're in because the same forces are at play everywhere. Dale Carnegie said it very well. No matter what your line of work, even if it's in one of the technical professions, your degree of success depends on your ability to interact effectively with other people. In the sessions that follow, we're going to look closely at exactly what's involved in those interactions. We've deliberately tried to make the subjects in this program very specific and sharply focused. There are already fine programs on the market dealing with conventional topics like effective listening or how to make a good sales presentation. And that's why we're going to be looking at new areas like rapport building, curiosity, and ambition. Still, there is one aspect of people's skills that can never really receive enough attention because it's really the foundation of every kind of effective human interaction. I'm speaking of assertiveness. And assertiveness is so important that it will be our focus in both the first and second sessions of our program. So let's get started. We'll begin by looking at the real meaning of assertiveness in today's work environment. And in doing so, we'll see how assertiveness differs from other less effective forms of communication. We're fortunate to live in a country where you have the right to be treated fairly. What's more, when you feel you're not being treated fairly, you also have the right to insist on being treated fairly. Exercising this right means clearly, tactfully, and effectively expressing your preferences, needs, opinions, and feelings. But this is more than just a right. You even have a responsibility to do these things. Because if you don't, you're not only depriving yourself of what you deserve, you're also depriving the people around you of the real contributions you have to make. Putting these rights and responsibilities into action is what assertiveness really means. Assertiveness is the middle ground between the two extremes of aggressiveness and passivity. An aggressive person is self-centered, inconsiderate, hostile, and arrogantly demanding. A passive person is weak, compliant and disrespectful of his or her own best interests. Between these two poles, there are people who know how to make their ideas known without preventing others from doing likewise. People who can do that are assertive people, and the purpose of this program is to show you how to become one of them. Believe me, when you achieve that, you'll be doing what's best for yourself and for everyone around you. 
While it's easy to characterize people who are blatantly aggressive or extremely passive, it's not always easy to express exactly what constitutes assertive behavior. Like many other important human qualities, assertiveness is easier to recognize than it is to define. So let's begin by looking at some real-life situations in which the quality of assertiveness can come into play. Imagine that you've just completed a project at work that consumed several weeks of your time. The project involved working together with a number of other people, and it all went quite well despite the many different personalities that were involved. Everyone made a contribution, and the result was very successful. Now you find out, however, that one member of the team has been singled out for special praise by your supervisor. For some reason, this person was called into the supervisor's office to receive a personal congratulation. How would you feel when you heard about this? More importantly,